What up, y'all? We are back for another episode of In the Huddle. Tonight, obviously, we're going to be talking about all the goings-on around uh, the Vikings. Zim's gone. Rick's gone. Time for a new head coach. We heard from the owners. We're going to talk about it. Dave, get the music. Huddle Around as Climbing the Pocket Network presents Jason and the Boys talking everything Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? We are back once again. Another week, climbing the pocket in the huddle. Before we get going, you just muted. He went mute. Oh, he's gone. Nothing. Nothing. Can you hear me now? You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Can you hear me now? Working through the yes. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Okay. Appreciate that, Sean. But can you hear me, David? Yes, I can hear you now. Are we good? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I was saying shout out to everybody who's in here. Mary, Daniel, Raymond, Aaron, Andrew, Sean. Sean, thank you for subscribing. Wonderful segue, reading that comment from Sean. If you have not subscribed, go on and do that right now. Tell a friend to do likewise. We will be here all off season. Before we get going, my man, Flip, how you doing? How you been? Hanging in there, man. Ready for this next generation for the Minnesota Vikings. We're just getting started, so there's a there's a lot to, to go through. But... Uh, here we go. I it's a marathon the off season, so I'm not getting too excited just yet. All right. And Miles, how you doing over there? How are things? I'm good. I'm good. I've been I've been pretty <laughs> quiet about the whole the whole situation, but I'm I'm good. I mean I think I think we've talked about this for a while. I mean I I've I've personally been ready for the for the change for, for a hot minute now, but um I'm excited to see kind of where the new direction goes. I think Hearing the Wolves talk yesterday about the change, I'm excited to kind of see what kind of approach they take. We have a, we've kind of heard a short list of, of what they're looking at, but just in general, like once that process gets started officially here, I'm excited to see what direction they go. Yeah, well, I mean, Miles, you said it. Let's talk about it. Uh, because we've been arguing about this for the last probably 48 hours in our group chat. But uh, the Wolves, they... They used uh, they used some pretty telling language, I think, in 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 their in their press conference. Mark Wilf did in terms of what they're looking for in the next regime, what they're looking for in the next coach. The word collaboration came up a lot. A leader who can get to people, bring people together, um, which on its own wouldn't be really that big of a deal. But then you start to hear the story. Well, not really the stories. You have the press conference, the Eric Kendricks being like, man, you'd have to ask Zim how he feels about me. So you have a leader on the team kind of being like, eh, I don't really know where I stand with the guy who's supposed to be in charge. You have Eric Kendricks saying that whoever it is that comes in next can't run a regime based on fear. You got Brian O'Neill <clears throat> kind of speaking to the culture in a way that let's, you know, kind of with, with you know, the folks that were there before gone, you had some people that you would consider stalwarts, leaders on this team, kind of letting it be known that they were not loving the way things were going uh, 
under Mike Zimmer's leadership. And it's something we've talked about on this network. And it's something we obviously argued about while we're not on the air. And so I guess, Miles, I'll let you lead on this one. What was it that you took away from what the players had to say? And then I guess following that up is how do you feel about what lead, what, uh, what, what ownership had to say kind of on the way out? And of course, you know, after thanking Zim and, and Rick for everything that they've done for the franchise. Yeah, I think to start with what we heard from Eric Kendricks, Brown O'Neill, Adam Thielen, I think they were ready for, I think they're ready for a change as much as anybody. You could kind of hear it in their voices that kind of the message, the, the relationships or the, a little bit of, hard to say lack of like leadership, but like lack of collective leadership was lacking or it started to, to lack um, as the, as the time went on. So I think, um, I think they were all ready and I think that's, that's okay. I think, I think the Vikings got to a point where they, they no longer can continue down the road. Yeah, exactly. Jerome, I, I honestly, my opinion on Zim is when things, I said this last week, when things don't go Zim's way, Zim can become a dick and an asshole. And we all can get like that at times. And I think that's fine. But I think the way Zim handles it as the head coach of an NFL football team, I just wish he had learned from, from some of those things that he started because he did that early in his career when he start, first got to Minnesota and it kind of seemed to get worse. And so part of me was frustrated with hearing that consistently. You would have liked to see that evolve, whatever it's over now. Um, thanks him for, for everything, Rick. Um, but it sounds like they, they just didn't have enough or weren't willing to do enough collaboration. And we've heard some beat reporters and people around the twin cities talk about that. So um, it's unfortunate to hear, but it is what it is. It's over now. Um, for the Wilfs, um, I think people shouldn't read too much into what they were saying in terms of like being competitive in 2022. They're businessmen. Those guys want to sell tickets. They want to make sure the fans under have like have at least feel like they're going to be trying to win next year, whether they whether they do or not. Um, so I would take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I think the approach of you heard it from everyone: Wilfs, O'Neill, Kendricks. They want someone. To, they want leadership that's communicative, that lets people in, that you know looks for m- multiple inputs. It's not just a my way or the highway. So, uh, like I said, I'm excited to see where where they go with that. All right, flip. You you've kind of been the defender yeah. in some ways of, of Zim through a lot of this, while a lot of us, you know, maybe you've you felt have been taking some pot shots or maybe rewriting history revisionist history when it comes to Zim. So I guess what's your take on uh, on just kind of what the players had to say about things on, on, on Zim's way out? Well, just, you know, offering a lot of perspective <laughs> because, you know, Mike Zimmer literally got fired yesterday and that is always going to be a breakup. It's not going to be clean. It's going to be a little messy. I think the players, it was great to hear their candid perspective on the challenges that existed for our football team, by no means does this mean that, you know, Eric Kendricks just hated work coaching and playing for Mike Zimmer. Maybe he just wasn't a hundred percent in love, which is fine because Mike Zimmer's job was not to breed happiness in his players. His job was to win football games. And when you understand kind of the, the Parcells coaching tree that Mike Zimmer came off of, he executed that culture to a T. This was not, this was not 
some a situation where Mike Zimmer came in and he wasn't thoughtful about the culture that he was trying to instill. It's not a situation where he wasn't thoughtful about how he communicated. He was doing that again, knowing that players may not like him, but also saying, "Look, I've got to turn around this this set this five and eleven football team in 2014 into a championship contender." And so, and so again, you know, from that perspective, I get it. And I've always said Mike Zimmer needed to go. But what I don't like is people who are trying to reframe the argument to say, look, everything that was everything that was wrong here in Minnesota was because of Mike Zimmer, because I don't believe that at all. Everything I heard on Monday made me even happier that they fired Rick Spielman as well. And I'm not going to judge these players based off of one press conference, but we also have to take a very serious look. If we're going to talk about culture, we got to talk about the players who are going to be here next year and exactly what type of culture is going to bring them success. Okay. And and real quick, hold on. I was just going to say, I don't think, at least for me personally, I didn't interpret everything that was said from the players yesterday and, and even Mark uh, Mark Wilf, that it was just Mike Zimmer. From from a player's perspective, though, I think when you hear some of that, they're directly in line with the coach. So they don't have as much foresight to for the front office. So that relationship isn't as, like, tight-knit. They don't see they, – they probably don't, don't even see Rick all, as, all that often compared to, obviously, the coaches they see. So – so when I hear it from the players, to me, it does lean more Zim. But to your point, it's not just Zim. They were talking the entire leadership crew. So that's front office and coaches. So, no, it's not just Mike Zimmer. But Mike Zimmer is the head coach of the football team. So he has that direct line to his players. And so the it might be a little bit different or, or even similar in the front office. But that impact to the players is a little different from, from them than it would be for, uh, you know, for uh, like Mike. Mike's relationship with Rick is going to be a lot different than it is with the players. Yeah, we got some good comments in here. Um, so, like, we have we have Quang basically saying it's grown-ass men games, not about babysitting. Uh, we have Clifford basically saying, what's the difference between Zimmer and a Belichick? And in this case, you know, Flip mentioned Parcells. And I, I would say from, I guess, the things that I've been reading recently from, like, the beat reporters, uh, you know, <laughs> Matt Collar, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin had a very prescient podcast episode on this that came out like what two weeks before the firing in which Courtney Cronin basically outlined a lot of what we're hearing now based on an article that she'd been researching to write on Endric- on Eric Kendricks, where before Zim was fired, Eric Kendricks let it be known that like he didn't have the best of relationship with with Mike Zimmer even beforehand. Um, and in that podcast and things, other things that have been written. They kind of make the distinction between guys like Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, who do have that hard-nosed um, coaching style, but they also mentioned how those sorts of people were able to build very tight-knit relationships with a lot of the key players across their team. Um, they made a mention of you know Curtis Martin giving his award to Bill Parcells because of how close he felt and, and, and how... Um, much he felt he owed to how Bill Parcells pushed him to be a better player and a better man. Uh, you have players who leave New England who rave about their time with Bill Belichick. You see the funny clips of Randy Moss going in there and like 
messing with Bill Belichick and all those sorts of things. We, and we've also heard seems others to be coming out. Yeah, we, we had that with Mike Zimmer. Though. The opposite. But what we what we seem to be hearing a bit from like the Zimmer, you hear very we heard the opposite. I'm saying, where are we hearing the opposite from Zim that like would become close to what feels like 50-50, I guess. Like from the things that are being the leak, the things that you're hearing from the people who are around the team every single day, when you go back through the years, there's a lot more negative that seems to be coming out about Zim and the culture around the Vikings in the locker room than there is in the like that, that there is positives. And so I guess that's the thing. Yeah, Flip, you said it's winning, not winning. Fired. It does seem but like these well, people have been talking say... about this before Zim got fired. Yeah. Yes. He's exactly. been talking about this and with that's, Zim that's before he got fired. That's my whole point. It's like, look, Eric Kendricks was up for a contract extension. He could have pieced out of town. He could have bet on himself. He chose to stay. Uh, same, like every sing- Brian O'Neill, same thing. If they were really upset about playing for the Minnesota Vikings, playing for Mike Zimmer to the point where they they couldn't do it anymore, they would have left town. But one thing kept them in Minnesota, and it wasn't a good relationship with Mike Zimmer. It was because they thought they had a chance to win in Minnesota. That's what Mike Zimmer is in charge of. That's what the end goal of having a culture is. So all these complaints that he wasn't a nice guy, that he wasn't liked, I mean, fine, but we also have examples in the NFL of well-liked coaches who don't succeed either. And one of the main tenets of the Bill Parcells coaching tree, one of his main tenets is that success breeds success, that an NFL culture is dead on arrival if you cannot produce results. That's so that's did what it comes Zim, down to. Of course, did the, did we're going to hear Zim about era, Did the Zim era Vikings do that then? If success breeds success, how come the Vikings were never able to string successful seasons together under Mike Zimmer? How come they only went to the playoffs well, three yeah. times in eight years? And that's why he's no longer the coach here, deservedly mm-hmm. so. But it's not because his players didn't like him. Well, so here's the thing I want to talk about with that flip. No, 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 real quick. You, 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 you gushed last week about some of the players defending Zim and how much they love Zim. And that's totally fair because some players yeah. probably do and did. That's, I, that's never been in question. My thing is, now that you hear p- some players saying the opposite, which I told you was going to happen, it, yeah. like, it's, okay that it, it's okay that it happens. We don't need to dismiss their feelings and what they, how their lack of relationship with Zim, like, it goes hand in hand. There's guys that had really good relationships. They felt they love Zim. They love following Zim into the, into the fire, whatever you want to say about that, that kind of stuff. Then there were guys who got sick of the same overall bullshit. Like for me with Zim, it was the adapt or die. And Zim was never willing to adapt any bit of what his, his overall culture building was because he wanted to continue to being my way or the highway. Because And so for me, that was my I, – I noticed that a few years back. So for me, it was, is Zim really ever willing to adapt? And if he's not willing to adapt to how the NFL and how how even society's leaning, he's never going to continue to. He's not gonna. He's not gonna string s- together success. I like it's it's a like that's how I felt. I, and, I and for me and I think where we, where we where we where we where we didn't see eye to eye is I was trying to say that look we know from afar we can tell that these players don't necessarily like Mike Zimmer the person. I mean, if you want to put his personality by itself up for judgment, it's going to be 
But that goes with but, leadership. But yeah, a hundred percent that goes with leadership. Another Bill Parcells tenet is you have to find the right people. You have to identify the right players. And we can talk about how that affected our culture as well, because while his name has not been mentioned very often this week, there is a clear point in time where Mike Zimmer's communication style with his players changed drastically. Oh, yes. I agree with that. And that affects it. I mean, the hard-nosed approach that Mike Zimmer's trying to instill combined with a quarterback who's talented but as apathetic as fuck had an effect here. And it was a big, big, it was a big issue. And I'm going to quote Bill Parcells. I'm going to quote an article that he wrote in the Harvard, Harvard Business Review about people. Okay, just real quick. This is what Bill's Parcells, Bill Parcells said about picking the right people. He says, you're going to make mistakes. He says, but you develop a sense of who's likely to work out. I found it's not always the one who has the best reputation or even the most outstanding set of talents. It's usually the one who understands what it will take to succeed and is committed to making the effort. And so if we just want to talk about culture, and if we, we agree that Mike Zimmer is responsible for generally responsible overall, but he's not responsible by himself, we also have to ask ourselves, what do the players owe to the team, to the Minnesota Vikings and their fans when it comes to culture? And do those players have a good culture in the absence of Mike Zimmer right now? I mean, no. We've talked about that all year. And especially, mm-hmm. actually, I was going to say, really on both sides of the ball, but especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's something we've been talking about for <clears throat> the last four years. Like, who are the leaders on that side of the ball? Who are the ones that rally the players for real, for real? Not like the little clips they want to show us before the games where, you know, Kirk is up there trying to get people hyped up for the camera. But like in game, when things are going wrong, who are the leaders on the offensive side of the ball? And that's a problem. That's a big problem, and it's especially a problem if your highest-paid, quote-unquote, best player is not someone who is that person. Yeah, it's a problem for the culture. It's it's, it's a problem. Dave talks about it all the time where, uh, you know, our quarterback sometimes, it didn't seem like he started to play until we were down 14 points, you know? Like, that. that's all of those things come together to create a very dysfunctional situation for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and Rick isn't you know, absolved in this either. I think someone asked, you know, with all of these things we're talking about, how come Spielman had to go? And uh, I got a cue flip up for that one because, you know, you've been screaming this probably louder than anybody saying that, you know, if Zim got to go and Kirk got to go, Rick got to go too, because, you know, he, he kind of hired those people. So <laughs> talk to me about it, mm-hmm. uh, Flip. Like, what are your thoughts on Spielman? Because he seems to be kind of skating on a little bit of this now. Even as he's gone, people don't really seem to be bringing the knives out for him the way that they are for, for Zim. And, and Kirk seems to kind of be flying a bit, a bit under the radar right now as well. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of expected. The head coach is always going to bear the brunt of it, no matter where you are. And it's very easy right now to criticize both guys. But, again, if you just step back, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are probably going to go to teams 
and be very successful with that team, with those teams. The two of them together was an abject disaster. And and it's not just the Kirk Cousins decision. It's the how quickly they traded for Sam Bradford or Yannick Ngakwe or a fifth round pick for a Chris Herndon or the, the Baltimore Ravens kicker trade, just how quickly those things happened. And to, to like, can we say that, that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman were on the same page every step of the way for all of these transactions? I don't think we can say that. And I think even when you start to talk about not just the talent, but the types of players that Rick Spielman was bringing into the organization. Look, Mike Zimmer, before he got to Minnesota, had a track record of developing a very specific type of individual into good football players. It was not your clean first round pick. It was the guy that was on his third team. It was the bargain bin veteran free agent that people had got had gotten sick of. It was the questionable personality that people said couldn't play anymore. You know, Deion Sanders to Pac-Man Jones. That w- that's what Mike Zimmer was known for. Players Tavontez Burfick. Yeah, Tavontez Burfick. Players who necessarily weren't even the best people in the world, but they could play football. Now you pair that with Rick Spielman, and over time, we just have the best boys. We have the the most heartfelt players from Eric Kendrick, such a great guy, to Brian O'Neill, to Christian Darisaw, bless his heart, to Daniil Hunter. And Team these are like top pedigree guys, you know? And it's just it's just so different. It's been such two different attitudes on how to put a build a football team neither are right or wrong but together it just kept on pulling apart and it got further and further apart and miles who are the dogs on this football team if you had to list them how many how how far would you get would you need to use two hands like true dogs i i mean yeah i obviously justin jefferson um i think irv smith's got a little bit of dog to him dalvin cook's got that um on defense I mean, Patrick Peterson's got dog to him. He's a little older now, but like Patrick Peterson's got that mentality. Harrison Smith. Um, I think I think Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks have have it in them. It's just different. Like it's not like I, to what Flip's saying. It's different. But when they when they got the pads on, those guys thump. Those guys hit. They set the tone. It's just in a different way. Um, like they make plays. So like, but yeah, I, I hear you, and I'm with you. I'm, I don't, I'm not disagreeing. Um, but those would be the like the main names I could think of off the top of my head. Um, like yeah, Hunter Hunter's definitely a dog. It, but like when, when people say dog, it's like like you you can you can really tell who who a dog is when you walk in the room or you walk into a meeting and you go into the field. Like you can see who it, like you know Justin Jefferson's a dog. Like <laughs> it's just like the way he carries himself, the way he handles. Like like he's the type of guy like things could be going awful the whole game. But if he gets that one play, like he he's still gonna he's still gonna change the game for you. Like, and not that Hunter isn't a game changer. That's 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 a fact. He is, but like you could like Stephon Diggs is a dog. Like was when he was here. I miss him. <laughs> but like my <laughs> definition of dog is somebody yeah. somebody who's gonna tell you that something yeah. is wrong when something is clearly yeah. wrong. 
that's simple. Like, that's, not, it's that simple. It's the people that aren't afraid to tell you the truth at the at the moments where people don't want to hear the truth. And yes. in games is the hard is the hardest time to do that because everybody's emotions are running high. You're tired. You got all this shit going on in your head. But like the guys that can get you to singularly focus on what the hell's going on in the game and get you to snap out of that funk and to get going, like those are the dogs of the team. And so that's where my issue has always lied with Kirk. Is it's not that Kirk isn't a good, a really good football player. That dude is not trying to rally people or get that focus to win a football game. It's just, he's just not that type of person. And, like, that doesn't have to be his personality to, to succeed. But when you, like, shy away from it at that position, that's when that's when the struggle really hits. And so um, I, I hear people – I'm all for – like, maybe we just start talking about the future now. But, like, I feel like we've talked a lot about a lot of this stuff before. I'm excited about the future. The one thing I wanted to mention about the future too is with Rick Spielman over the years, we kind of got a really good sense of like what direction the Vikings were going to go, whether that's in free agency or the draft, like in terms of position, I'm really excited to kind of not know right now of like what kind of direction this team's going to go, whether it's free agency or draft trades. I'm really excited for the unknown. And I know a lot of it, it kind of worries people. Like I hear the conversation about not trading Kirk because we've had Christian Ponder and, and other shitty quarterbacks, it's like, I love the unknown because people always view that as a negative. It doesn't have to be a negative. The, the unknown could be a positive. Like, good things can still come, even if you were to get rid of some some of the good veteran football players off this football team moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Comments here are so good. Yes. Yeah, comments are great. Yeah. So, Freeland, so, oh, so Freeland. Freeland, Freeland wasn't a <laughs> yeah. dog, but. He definitely was there. So, Flip, looking ahead, man, Miles just said, you know, we have the unknown. There's like, you know, everything is out there. Everything can happen. (laughs) It is. is. Dictionary.com. Yep. What's most exciting for you as you look ahead? I know usually most off seasons, especially the off seasons we've had with the, you know, the last regime. You know, looking ahead, getting into mock drafts, looking at the college players coming in. That was something that you were just not about. You did not love any of that. You wanted nothing to do with it. But, like, our whole offseason is going to be about, you know, completely changing what this team was. Like, what are you most looking forward to in this offseason? Because it is so different than the ones that came before it. Yeah, the only thing I'm looking for and the the thing I'm most excited about is just the fact that we do get to – hire a GM and a hedge coach at the same time. We've been talking about this for years and here it is. We get a fresh look top to bottom of the complete roster, all 53 guys. We get a fresh take, a guy who's going to come in and look at Kirk Cousins without any bias. That is really hard to do on Vikings Twitter right now. Uh, We get to do that, you know, with Dalvin Cook, we get to do that with Daniil Hunter and just have some outside perspective, some fresh perspective. And and that, especially here, is just so nice and so refreshing. After the past couple seasons, past few seasons, where Rick and Zim just deluded themselves into thinking they were going to make the playoffs next year. And so, you know what, if the new GM and head coach come in and, they're, and they determine that they're going to try to win in 2022, great. Uh, if they decide that they need to tear things down, 
that's also fine. But I'm just so happy that it's a it's a fresh perspective and it's a hopefully a, a combination that's going to think long term, not just how are we going to get to the wild card round in the next year's playoffs. We hope right, they so get Miles, that leash too to do that. Donald really is pointing out something that. here. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you mentioned Mark Wolf is just kind of talking the talk that he has to talk about things there. But this is a prevailing sentiment that uh, that you see a lot with Donald pointing out right here that, you know, this team feels like a good team. And it's something that we've talked about on many occasions, you know, at some of the key spots that you would want, some of the high value spots on offense. It feels like this team has the talent that they shouldn't need to go into like a full rebuild or something like that. But we've also just finished going through the fact that, like, maybe culturally we don't have some of the key pieces that we would need from a leadership perspective in this team to maybe be part of a turnaround. So when you look at the players who are here, you know, the culture that's here, what we need to do on offense, defense to get this team to something being respectable, the fact that Mark Will said he wants sustained success, not flash in the pan success, not one year on, one year off success, but sustained success. How far away do you think the Vikings are from that? And what would be your first couple of moves to, to move them towards that if you were kind of a part of the brain trust for the, for the front office? Well, for me, it's about getting the book. It's about re-stabilizing re, re the books. And that's the cap. And because as, you, as everybody knows, the Vikings are in a really tough situation cap-wise. And the last few years, what they've been doing and what they've kind of had to do, not just because of Kirk's contract, but it's such a top-heavy roster. It's been such a top-heavy roster. They've had to take money from for, from future years just to be able to patch the holes together to field an even decent roster the last few years. And so they can't continue to go down that path in 2022. So for me, I think I think it, people the retool, rebuild like that terminology. I'm using reset. I think the roster and the overall like franchise needs a reset. And so. That reset doesn't have to take two, three, five years. It doesn't have to do that. Um, but what it needs to do is make calculated decisions that isn't just about 2022, like Flip said. It's about the long-term future. And so where my start would be is, and, and this is going to be, it's going to be a tough situation because we might run into a, a case where some of these aging veterans don't want to be a part of a quote-unquote reset or a, or a have to take like a year step back, even though they've they've kind of been taking that step back the last couple of years. They might not want to be in a situation where that reset is happening. So I think we got to align ourselves with the idea that maybe an Adam Thielen, that, that's just an example. Maybe an Adam Thielen doesn't want to be a part of that. And if that's the case, like that's okay. But it's also got to be the idea that we need to accept some of these aging veterans might not, like they might get cut. Like Typically, like they might not in, in years past or from the old regime, but you know we we need to be open to the idea that some of these guys might get cut because they're not a part of the long term future. And cutting bait now is a good thing for them and, and a good thing for the for the team long term. So for me, it starts there. It starts with re reorganizing the books and fixing what your long term cap situation looks like because right now we're like we're we're in a, we're in a really tough situation. Cap wise, they're like ten, eleven million dollars over the cap right now, and that's thanks, before Rick. they do anything with, with yeah. Thanks, Rick. Um, that's before they do anything with 
um, Daniel Hunter and Kirk Cousins or, you know, any of the other veterans on, on roster. And um, I think the only like weird fortunate part of it is there aren't many guys that you're like, oh, they have to get re-signed or extended. Um, so you're not like desperate to re-sign or extend uh, like guys on the roster. Like I love Tyler Conklin, but they got, they got to let, they, they need to move on like that type of thing. Like there's no need to pay him six, $7 million a year. Irv Smith's coming back and that he should be the guy that you want to extend long-term, you know, if he can stay healthy and, and, and plays well next year, like those types of moves that the old regime wasn't willing to move on from. They were always trying to spit those guys in to stay. And that always hurt and squeezed the cap even more. So the new regime, I just hope, they're willing to move on from guys because they need to. Flip, what about you? I mean, yeah, my, that Miles said everything just so well there. Uh, it's very hard for me to kind of see past a GM and head coaching decision because really what you're hoping for is that those two hires can be agile and flexible. You know, even the topic of Kirk Cousins if it's a draft day trade or if it happens during the combine, that's a situation where you're getting new information every day. So at one point you may say, you know what, we should keep Kirk Cousins and then you get a new trade offer for him or you see a new player flash at the combine, maybe a quarterback, and you have to be willing to alter that perspective, alter that decision you just made based on the new information you had. So really just looking for for, you know, it it applies with every player. Can they make Daniil Hunter work? Can they be honest with themselves if he doesn't fit? Same with Harrison Smith. Same with Adam Thielen. Just agility and flexibility is what I'm looking for. We'll get to the players, but I think right now, again, GM and head coach. And I would encourage all the fans, all the listeners to, instead of just saying, we need a player's coach in the aftermath of Mike Zimmer. Maybe just ask yourself what that means because player coach means that you need players with strong leadership. And that in itself may lead to a deeper rebuild based on what we see on the roster right now than it would if you get a hardcore coach who's going to kick these players' ass and get the most out of them starting in 2022 right away. So... Well, Just keep an that open point, mind but, here. And to that point, they can yeah. have a hard-nosed, hard-ass coach come in here and be successful. Yeah. It's not that, that that type of coach can't be successful, but that relationship mm-hmm. piece that we were talking about before does matter. And if, if that new coach can build that stabilizing and refreshing like relationship with his players and still be hard-nosed, like most coaches are hard-nosed. It's just, yeah. it's not always in your face. Like you can be hard-nosed, you could be, you could be stern. All what all those words, right? You could be the, like a strict boss without having to right. be an asshole. Like it, it, like you don't have to be an asshole to be to be stern. Right, and uh, you know, I think the job you know, has been you know me. already. <laughs> I, I think Quang is is, uh, is being signed, and Mary is coming right. in to uh, to be the assistant. Uh, I'm not sure if it's head coach or GM. What's going on? But we're in good hands. And uh, Nano Joe, I think, summed it up as perfectly as it can be right here. Zimmer and Spielman's philosophy just seemed to be run it back and, like, I'll just add, like, plug the one thing that didn't go wrong last year. And then, oh, nope, something else went wrong. Okay, we're going to run it back and, like, plug the other hole for the one thing that went wrong. And obviously we saw how that went. 
One thing I want, because we're we're coming, you know, towards time here. One thing I want to get both your perspectives on, because obviously Zim gone, Rick gone, Kirk is still around, and so I know that we have, you know, as some would probably say, we've shit on Kirk throughout the course of the season for a variety of reasons. But flip, can you see a scenario in which the Vikings are able to retain Kirk Cousins and also build a winner? And what might that look like from your perspective? Uh, no, I cannot see a scenario where the Vikings would be able to retain Kirk Cousins and also build a winner. They're seven million over the cap, and they have ten starters to replace by itself. So if they keep Kirk Cousins, you're going to basically field the same offense as we did in 2021, seventeenth ranked seventeenth in EPA per play, and your defense is going to drop off. It's just going to happen. Above and beyond that, we we were just talking about leadership here, and we cannot continue to bring in young players, hungry players, and just let this apathetic, I don't call audibles, I'm just here so I don't get fined, I'm not going to throw <laughs> interceptions. I just work here. Style. We, we can't have new players uh, adopt that attitude. And every dog that we've seen on the Minnesota Vikings offense, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, we've all seen them get into it with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but so to reward Kirk instead of those other guys, I just think it's, uh, it's not going to result in an attitude that's going to generate wins. Well, and, right, and to that same point, question Flip, to you. Yeah, well, I think the one thing we haven't touched on is, how, wasn't it, this roster is one of the youngest rosters in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I, I think they're like top five youngest, youngest rosters in the league, especially on offense. I think with that being the case, and the, the decision to move on from your head coach and GM, why not give yourself that clean slate and, and, and cut the head off of all three of them and make that youth movement full on so that to stabilize that the books to find, you know, you, you're going to have to, to Flip's point, you have to fill a lot of positions. And 2022, like I saw one comment, I got I want to go find it because I don't, I want to give it. Donald was mentioning giving up on, not, not giving up on Cousins because this year's draft class sucks at QB. It shouldn't be about this year. Like, don't worry. Like, if they can't find a QB this year from, like, a rookie standpoint, that should be okay. It should be about thinking about the future. So if, like, 2022 doesn't have to be, quote-unquote, really good, they can be, like, they've already been ass anyways or average the last couple of years. Mediocre. If they spend, at best. Yeah if, yeah. if they spend one more year slightly worse than that to make the plans for 2023 and beyond, that should be acceptable. So if that means they got to move on from Cousins, they got to move on from Cousins to do it. And the only way that they could really justify even keeping Cousins or the idea of Cousins and building a winner, like you said, Jason, would be to cut all the other veterans, high-priced veterans that they have, Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen. They got to gut those guys because they need to make room and money somewhere to start building around Kirk Cousins and the rest of that roster. Because if you can't get rid of that huge contract, then you got to find a way to get rid of other huge contracts to make up for it. 
But the issue there still comes in with needing to hit in the draft and then hitting on, you know, decently priced free agents because you're not going to be able to go spending high priced free agents. And I'm not saying they need to go do that anyways, but that's what, that's what they're going to feel that they have to do if they keep Kirk. Keeping Kirk, in my opinion, means that they want to continue to go down the similar path that they've been doing, even if they're, they're part, partially gutting the roster like they did after 2019. They're still going down a similar path. And, and for me, it just doesn't work. And we'll see. I'm, I'm open-minded to a lot of different ideas. I'm very much on Team Trade Kirk, but I want to be open-minded to this new regime and having that fresh perspective of what they see see as best for the new for the future. So, um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I would encourage I would encourage people to go look at the 2021 Falcons, and if you are happy with that seven and ten record next year, you know that team was forced to keep Matt Ryan for another year and delay their quarterback decision. They had to trade away Julio Jones in order to make that happen. That's a good, that's a good they comp. Were, that's a good comp. They, they were able to find some fun players like a Cordero Patterson and uh, AJ. They got great play out of some of their defense, AJ Terrell. But Cordero Patterson is now again a free agent, so he's not a long-term solution for Atlanta. And a lot of their young defense is getting older, and they're going to start requesting big contracts as well. All that just again to go seven and 10 and still not have any idea who your quarterback's going to be into the future. So uh, it, there is a route where you can be competent, but it's a, it's only going to delay the inevitable, which is the reset that miles talked about earlier. All right. Well, that is it. That is all a lot of things we went through over the course of this show, but the really the most important thing is that it's a new age for the Vikings a lot of things to look forward to. There's a lot of unknown, a lot of fun, a lot of things for us to talk about during this off season. And uh, that's it. That's all. Dave, where are you at? Put down the beer and pop back on the screen. The people want to see you. It's not <laughs> beer tonight. It's whiskey. Hey, thanks, y'all. Michael Harrington nailed <laughs> it. Clifford. Yeah, Paul, Michael Harrington came Mary. strong tonight. Hey, yeah. to see all the comments. Donald. Uh, the comments have been on fire. Absolute yeah, fire, and we love you guys. Yeah. Even if you join like like late, like Steven, but we understand even he's if halfway Dave's around drunk. the world. They're <laughs> <laughs> hitting the whiskey today. We love it. Oh, Nano yeah, Joe, Dave, good had, to see you. Dave Thanks for coming to, through. Hey, Dave had a uh, mental day yesterday. He got over that. One thing I do to help with my mental state is create art. If you haven't looked, it should be on the YouTube feed. It is the last huddle art of the season. Uh, I will be moving on to different stuff coming up. More football stuff, don't worry. But uh, that's it. It fades to brown, just like in autumn, fading to winter, and stuff starts to die. However, <laughs> that was last season. We have spring that we can see in front of us, and it's Mark and Ziggy Wilf combining their brain trust to find a new GM and a new head coach to hopefully take us to the promised land. Can I get an amen? Three hours, Joe. Oh, amen. Three hours. Good Lord. Wow. Hey, if we were going to pay like that, I'm down, but we're not getting <laughs> Hey, 
Hey, that's find us some sponsorship, y'all. Three hours. Yeah, but uh, all y'all, we love all of you. We love you. Thanks for coming through. Saw a lot of new faces, new names in here today. Keep on coming back. Tell your friends. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. We love chatting with all y'all, and we will be here all off season, chopping it up, talking about the Vikings, and just having a good time. So uh, that's it. That's all. Dave, play the music, man. Skull Viking. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climb in the Pocket. Skull, everybody.